Entrepreneur on Fire, 428. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. Looking to improve your business in 2014? Step up your customer service game with eVoice. Go to eofire.com slash sponsors. Click on the eVoice link for your 30-day free trial. My computer was stolen four years ago. Every file, gone. I wish I would have had Carbonite. Go to Carbonite.com for a free trial and use the offer code FIRE. You'll get two months free if you decide to buy. Carbonite.com, offer code FIRE. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Ryan Delk. Ryan, are you prepared to ignite? I am, absolutely. Yes. Ryan leads growth at Gumroad, a platform that empowers any creator to sell directly to their audience. Previously, he spent time at Square and the University of Florida. Go Gators. Go Given Gators. our listeners just a little overview, Ryan. So take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business. Absolutely. Yeah. So thanks so much for having me, John. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to be here today. And we, yeah, so an overview of me. Um, I was born in Florida, uh, grew up there, um, sort of always interested in figuring out ways to, um, you know, create value for people or find ways to make money or little businesses that I could start, um, you know, from really early on. And I went to the University of Florida, um, thought I was going to do finance, um, you know, move to New York and do the whole sort of banker finance thing. Um, I did an internship in that my freshman year and uh, sort of quickly realized that that was not the route that I wanted to go for a variety of reasons. Um, and so sophomore year, I, uh, I was thinking about, you know, what is the sort of craziest possible thing, um, you know, that I could do with that summer? Because I knew that the next summer I'd probably want to do something a little more traditional that would tie into a job and blah, blah, blah. So um, I read about a guy uh, who had started a tech hub in Africa named Eric Hersman, um, and it was called the iHub, and it was in Nairobi, Kenya, and he was a TED fellow, and he had just started to create this amazing community of entrepreneurs there. Um, and so I, we had some mutual friends. He's from Orlando, and so I reached out to him, and I ended up going over there for that summer. Um, and that summer after my sophomore year, I, I interned in Nairobi, and it ended up really changing the course of, of what I've done over the next four years now, uh, or three years now. And, uh, I, it was a very open-ended, uh, engagement. So I really just went out there with no expectations besides the fact that they had this amazing community of entrepreneurs and, um, you know, developers and designers. And, uh, there was, there wasn't a lot of things going on from the business side. So there wasn't a lot of people giving them coaching on how to turn these ideas into companies, how to monetize, how to, you know, potentially raise VC money. Um, so I went over there and spent three months, um, and that those three months totally changed uh, the course of what I've done with my life. And um, really, it's interesting because I've, I was always really interested in tech and really interested in startups. But um, it, I really went to Nairobi to it was really in Nairobi that I sort of realized that that's what I wanted to do. Um, and so I went to Nairobi and we we just had it was an amazing community there. We we started a like a startup competitions much similar like like TechCrunch Disrupt. 
Uh, we ended up raising a uh, seed fund for East African tech entrepreneurs uh, that's made nine investments now um, in African entrepreneurs who are creating tech companies um, as you know, as seed funding and Series A funding. Um, and so it's just just a great summer. And that sort of uh, I came back from that, and I stayed on as an associate at this uh, at this seed fund that we started called the Savannah Fund. And really decided that I wanted to dive in, you know, headfirst into the startup world. And so I, I, I love payments. And I was really excited about the idea of payments because it was a really hard problem to solve. And it was something that if you could solve it and you could solve it in a really meaningful way, it was tough for, you know, competitors to come up because there was all sorts of regulations around it. Um, and I thought that there was, you know, huge opportunities for disruption, both in real world payments and online. And I got really excited about Square. So I reached out to them, um, I guess three years ago now, two and a half years ago. And, uh, you know, just said, Hey, I'm at the university of Florida. Um, I love what you guys are doing. Is there, is there any way that I could be involved? Is there any way that I can help you guys? Um, and so I ended up joining sort of part-time, uh, just like sort of a pseudo internship, pseudo part-time work there while I was at school, um, and helped with a lot of the outreach in Florida and creating this program called the square U program. Um, and was, was really excited about what they were doing and was sort of planning on joining Square, um, you know, full time at some point. And then when I was out here in San Francisco, um, I met Saha Lavingia, who was, I think, at Pinterest at the time. He was the first engineer at Pinterest. Um, and he was leaving uh, Pinterest to, you know, he had this idea for Gumroad and it was sort of a side project that he had that kept growing and people were really excited about, it, even though it was just something he really created for himself so that he could sell um, icons. And he sort of, you know, shared with me this idea of Gumroad and I had read about it. And the way that he pitched it to me, which is the way that I still sort of talk about it today, is enabling creators to make a living doing what they love. And, you know, back then it was sort of this very specific, and in some ways it still is, but this very specific idea, which was let's create this platform for selling digital content. Um, and it'll enable independent content creators, whether they're creating a book or a movie or a Photoshop icon or whatever, just to sell that to their Twitter followers or their, um, you know, people that are reading their blog or their email newsletter or whatever. And I was really just struck with this idea because it was in a lot of ways, it was sort of what square did for real world merchants. It was giving that same power of very, very simple, very easy to deploy, very low fee structure payments to people that are selling content online. Um, so I got really, really excited about it and ended up, you know, not joining square and, um, coming on to Gumroad. And that was, uh, in April of, March or April of 2012. Um, and yeah, just have been doing growth and partnerships and business development at Gumroad ever since. And it's been a super exciting, I guess, coming up on two years, now a little over a year and a half. And now we have a, an awesome team of 12 people here in San Francisco. And um, yeah, it's just it's awesome. Wow. Well, I wish that I was half as proactive during my collegiate years as you were, Ryan, because you definitely made the most of those summers where I was a little more interested in getting a beach house in Newport, Rhode Island than uh, trying to shape <laughs> my future like you wisely did. And it obviously has stead you well. So definitely congratulations. That's an inspiration for sure. And before we dive even more into Gumroad and your entire entrepreneurial journey, Ryan, let's talk about success quote because I know you have a great one for us and we love really getting that motivational flame burning bright with a success quote. So take it away. Yeah, so I thought a lot about this. Um, I'm, I'm really big on quotes. I love quotes. I actually started a, a leadership quotes Twitter account when I was in college nice. uh, that would tweet like daily leadership quotes. Um, 
And yeah, I, I always love quotes. And the one I decided to, that I wanted to share today is um, from one of our investors, actually, Chris Saka, who's an investor in Twitter and Instagram and a lot of amazing startups. And he says, um, always add value before you ask for value. And I, I, he said this, and it, it sort of immediately struck me as very powerful. And then, and I, but I don't think I fully realized um, how important that is uh, until I think I heard it before diving into Gumroad and just over the course of growing Gumroad. And really, this is, it doesn't really just apply to business. It applies to every relationship, both personal and professional. Um, I think if you start you know, every conversation, uh, every relationship, every introduction with this framework of how can I add value uh, for this person before I ask for something in return, you just you, you create a totally different paradigm for, for conversation, for relationships, for job interviews, for partnership opportunities. Um, and this is something that I've applied to, you know, everything from when I was looking to, you know, get internships in college. Um, you know, I would send instead of just emailing it and say, hey, you know, can I work at this company? I would send them a PDF that said, hey, I would love to work for you. And here's, you know, five partnership suggestions that I think could really move the needle for you guys. And I would love to introduce you to these people because I know them personally or or here's five product suggestions that I think would you know your users really appreciate. Um, or you know, at Gumroad, it's things like emailing someone and say, "Hey, I would love for you to use Gumroad, but even if you don't, here's some best practices and some data on you know what sites, what types of places convert best for commerce, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, and some best practices for how to launch products. And even if you go use another platform, take these best practices and use them because they're going to help you make a lot more money. Um, and that that has proven to me to be very very valuable um, as a framework for just life in general, but specifically when you're thinking about business and relationships. Those are just great insights, Ryan. It's a great focus for entrepreneurs to always lead with value and lead with that adding value mindset. It's always worked for me at Entrepreneur on Fire. It's obviously working for Gumroad on so many levels. And Ryan, let's now take a step back and really shift the spotlight to you because you're not some old, decrepit entrepreneur who has this long journey, but you do have a journey, and every entrepreneur's journey, no matter how long or short, does have failure, does have challenges and obstacles. So share with us one major failure that you've had, one major obstacle that you've had to overcome, and the lessons you learned from that time in your life. Really tell us that story. Take us there. Yeah, so there's a lot of these, um, for better or worse. But the one that I, I generally talk about um, was that summer in Africa that I mentioned. Um, and I learned a really, really valuable lesson through this. We were putting on a, a conference called Pivot 25, um, where we basically took, we opened up applications for any startup all across East Africa. And we said, you know, if you have a startup and you want to pitch to, uh, you know, basically pitch your company, we have, you know, a bunch of cash prizes for the best, you know, pitch. And then we also have a bunch of investors here who are looking to make investments. So we got hundreds of applications from all these different startups and we selected the top 25, five in each category, five different categories. Um, and we, we created this amazing event. It ended up being an incredible event, but, um, it was the first time we had done anything. And I, I sort of had a very unique role where I was the new guy in this community. Cause I just gotten there, um, a month or two ago. So I wasn't, you know, someone that had been there from the beginning, but I was also the one, you know, of the people that were putting this on with the most experience of sort of how these events work and, you know, what the general stuff is, because in the U S you know, it's very common to have these events. There's tech crunch, there's launch, there's all these different conferences. And so 
I was, I had these, I had very specific roles, um, you know, things like getting the, all the, you know, selecting the finalists and getting them ready to pitch and training them on how to pitch to investors and what investors are going to care about. Um, and things like working with the sponsors and, and a very wide variety, but really sort of just running point on this conference. And what I made the mistake of doing was, um, you know, there's, there's this sort of spectrum of responsibility that you can take and you can say, I'm only going to be responsible for exactly what I'm tasked to do. And I'm going to assume that everything, everyone else is going to take care of other things that they're responsible for. Um, but what happens is there's always gray area in between people's responsibilities. And this happens at companies, this happens within project teams, this happens within, um, you know, things like conferences that you're putting on. And I made the mistake of just basically focusing on only what I was tasked to do. Um, and what ended up happening was, uh, you know, I didn't own this whole event. I didn't, I didn't take responsibility for this whole event. And it led to a lot of problems with things like our sponsors relationships where, um, things weren't communicated clearly to sponsors who were paying tens of thousands of dollars to be there about, you know, where their space was going to look like at the event, what type of opportunities they're going to have to speak at the event. Um, and things like with the pitch presentations where different startups had, you know, very, very inaccurate, um, conceptions of what things were going to look like or how they were going to, um, sort of be able to pitch and talk about their companies. And it ended up working out well. But what I learned was that it's, it's so important to err on the side of taking more responsibility, um, than erring on the side of taking less and assuming that others are going to take up the slack because in reality, what you see as maybe someone else's role or something that they should take care of, you know, they could just as easily see as something that you're going to take care of. And it's much better to err on the side of, you know, really being like the CEO of your own stuff. This is a concept we talk a lot about in Gumroad where if you have a project you're working on, you're the CEO of that project, which means everything comes back to you and you're fully responsible for that. Um, and I just, I learned through this experience that it's, it's always more important to take more responsibility than you're asked to take and be, um, you know, more proactive than you're asked to be. And ultimately it exposes you to potentially failing or potentially, um, you know, dropping the ball on more things because you're taking on more things. But, um, I think that in general, it's the best way to view, you know, whether it's something you're working on at work or a special project or something like this with a conference. Um, I learned that I think it's always best to err on that side than, than on the other side. Well said, Ryan. And I usually ask at this point for you to boil it down for us one clear takeaway, but you did that already so eloquently. We're just going to move on to the other end of the spectrum, away from the challenges, obstacles, and failures that we've all encountered as entrepreneurs to an aha moment, to a light bulb that went off at some point in your journey, Ryan. Take us there. Really tell us that story of when that light bulb went off and more specifically, what steps you took afterwards to turn it into success. Yeah, so... I was going to choose for this, um, you know, a very sort of sexy, uh, story about a cool deal we worked on at Gumroad really <laughs> early on. Um, but I think to be, I, I think to be fair, that wasn't sort of the aha moment of my life. Um, and I think the aha moment for me came at, and I think fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade. Um, and what happened was I was walking by uh, a Coke machine at school um, and I saw that, you know, it was 50 cents to get a can of Coke. And later that day after school, I think my mom picked me up and we went to the grocery store or something. And I saw that you could buy at that point, I think you could buy like a 12 pack for $1.99 or something. And I did the math and realized that $1.99 for a 12 pack was a lot cheaper than 50 cents a can. 
And I knew that at every break and at lunch, these kids would just line up and they'd just be putting money in this machine to get Cokes. Um, and so what I realized was that I could go to school. I could, I could go to the grocery store and I got my mom to give me the money um, and to, you know, buy a couple 12 packs. Mom, give I me could, $2. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then I could, you know, bring a cooler of sodas with ice in it, keep them cold to school. And I could sell them for 25 cents, for 40 cents, for whatever. And if I sat, you know, near the Coke machine during breaks, I could make, you know, five, 10 bucks during a break. And it would be, you know, I would cost me, I don't know what it was, 10 cents a can or something. Um, and so I'd have very high margins on it. And all my friends would love it because they would be getting sodas for cheaper. And, you know, I would make money. And it was sort of this moment where I realized that, you know, I could, with a little bit of effort and with a little bit of work, I could, and no one else is doing this. This was, this was this opportunity that I discovered, you know, I mean, in, in retrospect, a very small, tiny, almost worthless opportunity. But uh, when I was in fifth grade, I discovered this opportunity. No one else was doing anything about it. And I realized that with a little bit of work, I could make, you know, whatever, I don't know what I made, 10 bucks a day or something, um, you know, selling these cans of Coke and of, of soda. And it was really the first time that I realized that if you, if you find these opportunities where there's some sort of, you know, the market is ripe for disruption, there's some sort of, either something's overpriced or someone isn't taking advantage of something or there's a demand that's not being met, um, if you step in and you're willing to put in the effort, there's an upside for you. And you can create value for people. You can, you can leave your customers very, very, very happy, in this case, getting soda for cheaper than they would have and saving their money, um, while also making money for you. Um, and so I was just thrilled with this idea and I was thrilled with this, what I did and my parents, you know, very awesomely and lovingly were thrilled for me and very supportive and thought it was, you know, acted like it was this amazing business venture that I had come up with. Um, <laughs> and, and really that for me, that evolved over the years and it, it turned into in college, you know, buying iPhones with cracked screens and, you know, finding electrical engineers that could replace them really, really quickly for very cheap and then flipping those iPhones. Uh, it, it evolved into a lot of different things that ended up making a lot more money over the years. But um, that's that principle. I think that that moment for me was the first time that I realized like, hey, uh, you know, that you can find these opportunities, you can capitalize on them, you can make money, you can leave, you know, it's it very important for me that you can leave your customers or whoever's buying them very, very excited and happy. Um, and I think that really was sort of the spark that set off a lot of the things that I that I've gone on to do in the last, you know, 15 years since then. Ryan, it's a shift in mindset that was really the most powerful thing there. It was really like taking the cover off of Pandora's box, seeing inside and seeing what was possible. And, you know, it started with Coke cans, but then it moved on to bigger things because you saw what the correlation was, you know, about taking and seizing entrepreneurial opportunities and moving forward. And you've continued to do so throughout your journey to where you sit today. So you just continued to up your game because, I mean, let's be honest, $10 a day for a fifth grader is a ton of money. I don't know what I would do with $10 a day as a fifth grader. I probably would feel incredibly rich as you would be and buy as many baseball cards as possible. Yeah, but, I think it was Pokemon cards Pokemon for us back cards, then. Yeah. So Ryan, you did kind of wet our appetite just a little bit. So I'm only going to give you 60 seconds because we've got to move on. But run down that sexy deal that you had with Gumroad real quick because I'm intrigued. 
when I first sort of reached out to a major label, um, you know, a major music label, and um, you know, about a deal, about getting an artist on Gumroad, and we'd never done anything with any big artists, we'd never done any sort of mainstream stuff, and I sort of, it was this long shot that I never thought would happen, and over the course of you know several weeks, um, it went from me thinking, wow, this would be so cool if it happened, to you know, actually seeing this artist, you know, tweet this link and, you know, then have sales come through, uh, you know, and us make money and then make money. And, you know, now we've worked with hundreds of artists and, you know, that's sort of become more normal. But for us then, this was in maybe April or May of 2012. Um, that was for me the moment that clicked where I said, you know, this might be, this might be something really big here that doesn't just work for, um, you know, just independent entrepreneurs, but, you know, people across the board that are creating and selling content. Mm. Love that. And what I want to do now, Ryan, is bring it to present times, bring it to today, because Gumroad has a lot of exciting things going on. So share with Fire Nation one thing that's just really exciting you guys over there today. Yeah, I think the thing that's most exciting for me is the macro uh, picture of what we're doing. And I think the the economics of creative distribution uh, you know, prior to Gumroad and several other services that have started up with us um, have just been completely out of whack. Uh, the idea that it's, you know, that it's completely normal for someone who's creating content or creating uh, a book or a film or music or an app to only keep, you know, 70 or 50 or 40 percent of the revenue um, is, is, in my opinion, not OK. Uh, but also, more importantly than that, it, it puts creators in this very tough spot where often they're not making enough money off of those sales. So they have to, you know, have a job and only work on their stuff at night or, uh, you know, they're not able to devote as much time or people that really want to be a writer or really want to be a filmmaker or really want to be a designer or a musician can't do that because, you know, the economics just don't work out. Um, and so I think that, you know, if, if, Gumroad and other services like us that that give 95% of the revenue to the content creators and allow them a really simple way to sell things and to distribute content. Um, if we are successful and we, and we can really scale this thing, um, I think that there's a legitimate chance to change the world because all of a sudden with those new economics, you have A, more people creating content, just more things getting created, which I love. I love music. I love films. I love reading books. And so more of that is great. And I also think you have the opportunity for people to focus more on creation. You have people, creators being able to focus on creating things instead of working a day job, um, you know, somewhere. And then from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. every day, working on their book and taking two years to write their book instead of three months because they can only spend their nights and weekends on it. So Ryan, if you had to just pull out the biggest differentiator between Gumroad and some of the other competitors that are out there, what would it be that makes Gumroad really stand out? The biggest difference would be that we we really try to approach every decision, everything about our business by what would our sellers, what would creators want. And, and part of that is because Almost everyone at Gumroad is a creator. We are, you know, we're musicians or authors or illustrators or designers and we're creating things. And so we're using the platform or we have used the platform. Um, and so because of that, our, our fee structure, I think, is, is the most friendly of any commerce platform. Um, you know, we give all the data to the sellers. All, you get all your data about your customers. We don't own your customers, none of that. So I think those, that, that sort of macro mindset it manifests itself in a lot of different ways, but the fee structure with the way that we handle data with how simple it is to set up. But that mindset, I think, is what allows us and sort of keeps us making decisions that, that make you know, people who are creating content and our sellers very, very happy. Love that. 
So Ryan, we're going to take a minute to thank our sponsors. Failing, making mistakes, it's all part of being an entrepreneur and a human, but the important thing is what we learn from them. If you can embrace these bumps in the road, they will only make you stronger. With the holidays coming up and 2014 on the horizon, I encourage you all to really take some time and reflect on the things you've learned in 2013. What could you be doing differently to add more value to your audience? What about your existing customers? What could you do better? Something that's made a huge difference for me in the past several months is getting my own toll-free number through eVoice. In fact, I was able to save a $397 sale because of eVoice's voicemail transcription services. And because I don't have to worry about missing an important call, I'm able to focus on the work in front of me. Go to eofire.com slash sponsors. Click on the eVoice link for your 30-day trial today. Last year, my girlfriend was traveling with her laptop. When she was forced to check her carry-on bag at the gate before boarding her flight, she didn't think about the fact that her laptop was in there. They tagged her bag, and off it went. When she arrived at her destination, she opened her bag and realized that her laptop had been stolen. She called me in a panic, wondering what she was going to do. All her pictures, documents, gone. She was on the verge of tears, and I knew the exact sinking feeling that she had. The one that you get when you know you can't do anything to change what just happened. Then I reminded her of Carbonite and how she could still access all her files on any computer or any device. That sinking feeling wasn't completely gone, but thanks to Carbonite, she still had all her files, all her memories. Start a free trial at Carbonite.com with the offer code FIRE to get two bonus months for free if you decide to buy. That's Carbonite.com, offer code FIRE. So Ryan, this is a perfect segue to what my favorite part of the interview is, and that's the lightning round, because this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us, Fire Nation style, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Love it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Waiting for the opportunity to come to me instead of going out and grabbing it. What is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, best advice was talk about people's talk about solutions to people's problems, um, not your product or your pitch or your what you do or your business, uh, because ultimately people care about solving their problems, uh, not about just learning about some random new thing that comes walking up the street. Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? It's something I wish I was better at, but I feel like I'm at least decent at. And it's, um, you know, sending whenever we do a major release with a partner or when someone, you know, has a great product launch through Gumroad, sending them a handwritten note in the mail um, or sending them a bottle of wine uh, or a bottle of champagne or some chocolate or something um, really, really goes a long way. And I think that in almost every business, taking the time to at least write a handwritten note and and send things to your partners and your users is is a huge investment that has has a great ROI. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? Asana. It's a, uh, like a task management software, um, and we use it relentlessly at Gumroad. I use it personally for keeping track of my, all my to-do lists for my entire life. It's absolutely incredible. Oh, it's amazing, and it's free. It's free, completely free. <laughs> amazing. Oh, I love that. And Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we're talking about here today 
at eofire.com slash Ryan Delk. Ryan, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? Talent is Overrated by Jeff Colvin. Awesome book and Fire Nation. I know you love audio. And if you want the audio version of this book for free and you haven't already, go to eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Ryan, whew, this next question is a doozy. So take your time and focus. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? This is a doozy, but <laughs> what I would do, uh, given that I know everything that I know now, um, I think the biggest thing I've learned is, is just how important relationships are uh, in everything. And so I would spend as much time as possible over the next seven days meeting people, um, trying to learn people's stories, understand what they do, who they are, and you know, build a, a web of relationships uh, that then whatever I wanted to do for however long after those seven days could become a foundation uh, for you know, helping me do that and hopefully helping a lot of pe- other people as well. Mm, love that. And Ryan, I've loved hearing your journey from a fifth grader to the University of Florida, all the way up to where you're now at with Gumroad. Truly inspiring. And let's end the interview by giving Fire Nation just one parting piece of guidance, then sharing the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Um, I think honestly, this, I always say this, but I think the, uh, you know, the last piece of guidance I would say is just the add value before you ask for value. Um, I know you use that as the quote, but that has been by far, uh, you know, one of the most impactful things for my life and just thinking about relationships and, uh, business and, you know, everything about what I do and the best way to find me, uh, I'm on Twitter, I'm at Delk. Um, and on email, I'm R, the letter R, at gumroad.com. If I can ever be helpful to anyone, um, you know, whether you're launching a product and you want data on how to do it, whether you uh, just want advice or uh, feedback on a product that you're launching or a business, I'm always happy to help uh, try to be super, super accessible. So feel free to email me, tweet me, whatever, anytime. Boom. Well, Ryan, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we chatted about at eofire.com. They can just click on that podcast tab because you are hanging out in the archives or Fire Nation, just type in Ryan in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. And Ryan, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks so much, John. Fire Nation, have you been waiting for the right time to create your podcast? Well, guess what? That time is now. Podcastersparadise.com is the place where you will find a thriving community of podcasters, an ever-growing library of incredible video tutorials for every stage of your podcasting journey, and access to private webinars where today's top podcasters reveal the inside scoops and tactics. All this for one price. What are you waiting for? Go to podcastersparadise.com today to learn more. Don't forget to go to the sponsors tab at eofire.com. Click on eVoice for your free 30-day trial. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 